everybody. Welcome to the Gateway Leadership Podcast. It's me, David Canastracy. I'm really excited about uh, another great conversation for leaders to help you excel in every area of your life. And today, we've got a special guest, Pastor Eric Butler, who is well-loved and well-known to our Gateway family, but he's from Christian International Church in Lincoln Park, New Jersey. He's a member, a fellow member of the Apostolic Leadership Team of Ministers Fellowship International. That's the fellowship that Gateway belongs to. And uh, also just one of the most exciting prophetic voices in our nation, a reliable uh, voice of integrity in the prophetic. And he's been, for that reason, he's been a very special voice to our movement, to our church, and to my life for at least the past six years. I don't know. I've probably lost track on that. But Eric, I'm just... Thank you, my brother, for being my friend, but thank you also for joining us on the Gateway Leadership Podcast. I understand you just got done suffering in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> oh, big time suffering. <laughs> so you yeah, do we like a morning there. session and then hit the beach? Is that is that the plan? Or? Yeah, we did. No, we did a Saturday night, a morning, and a Sunday night, and that was it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> two, two days of beach. All right. And well, uh, a day traveling and another day traveling. Well, so, yeah. That's my we favorite. We had a lot of beach time. That's my favorite place in the world. I told somebody, I said, that should be the last stop before you go to heaven. <laughs> a, a waiting place. Well, we we go every year, and I don't know. That, we're not here to talk about Hawaii. Yes. But, Eric, we're going to get into this word movement, because that's the right. theme The theme of uh so much that's going on with our church and our leaders and I think in the world. But before I ask you, you know, your thoughts about all that, I coming out of 2020, that was like the toughest year mm-hmm. for all of us. And your area, New Jersey, New York, I mean, that was like that was like uh, murder out there. And, yeah, and you was. guys took it hard. Are you rebuilding? Are you regathering? How's it going? Yeah, it, it took a little while. Uh, for us to just get used to the atmosphere. The first phase, it kind of came in phases. The first phase was fearful, to be honest with you. Of course. Because people were dying left and right in the first three months. And then the state itself had about 20,000 people die. So you felt like death was all around. Then as we started to move towards the summer last year, people started to come back out and they started to take chances. and you know, things got a little bit better, but it still took a long time for people to kind of get their bearings back underneath them to trust the atmosphere. And still, uh, people aren't even all back now. Right. Because now you got another wave of this thing. Yeah. And so it's taken them back into that mindset. Well, should I go or should I not go? But uh, we did get a, a, this year, it was a lot better. 2021 was a lot better. People did come back. Not all of them, but enough to feel like church again. Yeah. And uh, you know what that's about, you know, to feel the presence of God, good worship. But the the atmosphere, it was starting to move forward again. And then, of course, another thing just happened. We just got hit with the tail end of Ida, the storm that came out of Louisiana. Right. Right. And our building got flooded again. Are you kidding me? Uh, 18 inches. And... um, we're actually in the cleanup process now, <laughs> just the first, just the lower level. And here you are uh, doing a no gateway way leadership podcast. So you didn't even tell me that, man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry. We could have, we could have done this another time. You're like a hero. You're like, what a stud you no, are. 
we, we are we, you up to your we, ankles we, in water right now as we're, <laughs> as we're making this? No, I'm upstairs. Oh, thank God. The building is built where our auditorium is upstairs. Okay. Uh, the first floor is fellowship hall and, you know, uh, lobby, that type of thing. Oh, and, my goodness. Uh, the cafe areas in the kitchen, but the second floor is offices and then the auditorium's up on a higher level. So it didn't get touched. And last year we renovated one of the levels. So that didn't get touched. Just the first floor again. I'm so glad. But, uh, we should be back in there hopefully by next week. It was you guys have been taking it in the face for a couple of yeah. years here with COVID yeah. and the floods and yeah. Yeah. How are and you we, handling all that? How's your team doing? You know, it's like it's like you just get used to it. You know, you you like this time I wasn't worried. Like the last time we had the flood, uh, it was scary because we had never experienced anything like that. And going through the the red tape with FEMA and all of what it takes to get all the uh, dry out companies together and all of what it takes, it was all new. Everything was brand new. This mm -hmm. time we knew exactly what to do. So we got in two days. We got everything out that was messed up. It's all outside, and we're just waiting for uh, the FEMA people and all of what they do to come back in. But we won't have to do nowhere near the renovations that we had to do last time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope it turns into a blessing for you. And uh, yeah, uh, I admire how you've led uh, your family and your church through this uh, through this tough time. You guys held steady. And for mm -hmm. most of the leaders that listen to me, they know exactly what we're talking about right now, how painful yeah, it was. Yeah. But you know, it was hard on first, it was hard on first responders. It was hard on yeah. teachers. Yeah. It was hard on parents of small children. Everybody just everybody struggled through that season. I think teachers are, are battling right now because still for so sure. much uncertainty uh with the going back to school mask or no mask and all of what they have to deal with is probably a whole new ball game for them and it's kind of confusing you know because people are choosing sides i mean last year was was a crazy year as you know even coming through the election don't forget oh my gosh in, in the in the fall seven it's, kinds uh, of crazy <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> and then going into january 6th oh my god oh yeah it got real yeah Oh my god. It was gosh. just nonstop crazy, man. And leading and pastoring in that, you know, in that era, what a what a challenge, you know. I saw a really great article the other day. I don't know if I sent it to you or not, but it was called The Fracturing of Evangelicalism. Mm, no, that's that sounds good. And what she says, I wish I had it at, but you could Google the fracturing of evangelicalism. What she mm -hmm. said <clears throat> is Basically, the evangelical church, there's at least six identifiable segments of the evangelical church mm -hmm. that have, up until, say, 2019, have been able to be in the same room together, pray together, you know, flow together pretty well, build together. But she said the events of the election and January 6th and the death of George Floyd... And all oh. the stuff that's gone on has has fractured the evangelical church so that now she identifies six buckets, basically, six segments Ooh. of the evangelical church. And if you numbered them from one to six, they would each be different shades of evangelicalism, all loving Jesus. We're not talking about charismatic, right. non-charismatic, no. Right. We're talking right. about 
as to social issues, as to mm-hmm. unity issues, and so on. And depending Racial. on where you were, let's say you're a three, or let's say you're a one. Now, she says a one would be like a table-pounding, uh, back-to-the-Bible, rep- <laughs> Republican, let's get them all, you know, elected Republicans, and, you know, that'd be the far side on one, and then it goes to the other side, Right. So that if you're like a two or a four, you might be able now to get along with, if you're a two, let's say, you might be able to have fellowship with a three, but you're definitely not going to get along with a one. You're not definitely not going to get along with a four. And so what what she's saying is that you got to kind of choose your lane for where, who you are. She said, it's not really the worst thing that's ever happened. Um, I, I think this does actually... I think this does actually touch on our topic today of, of movement and what God's doing in the church today, because there's, there, there is some fractures going on. There, well, there's well, you, some, you, you've, got, you've got the COVID-19 fracture. The masking, the vaccine, right? Yeah. Masking, yeah. You've got, well, the George Floyd thing. Big time. That's a racial deal. Big time. And the, and the, uh, the policing. Yep. That's another one. Of course, you've got the two sides on the political ends, uh, Republican, Democrat, liberal, non-liberal. Uh, and now you've justice got issues, the, justice issues, all the justice oh, issues. Oh, yeah, justice. And then you, you've got this last thing with Afghanistan, bringing them out, not bringing them out. Right. I mean, it's just endless confusion, it seems like, in the nation. And the thing that you know, I'm glad you're talking about this because the thing that I see is I may be jumping ahead to question. No, go for it, man. No. <laughs> but the thing that I see is uh the church is gonna have to decide where she's gonna fall and land. Because right now, what, what I think she's the mistake she's made uh is she's gone too far over. And now what I'm saying is this, one of the things I, I was teaching here this year, the Lord had me really pressing in on, going ahead, but he had me pressing in on was just talking about reestablishing what true, the true ecclesia is, mm-hmm. the true ecclesia. It's real basic. It's a book of Acts thing. You know, everybody knows that, but we've made it so difficult. So one scripture kept popping out to me most of the year. <clears throat> Jesus said this, and I think it's Matthew 16. He said, beware of the leaven Mm. of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And then another location, it says, beware of the leaven of Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Mm -hmm. And one of them speaks of the political arena because Herod was political. Yep. The other speaks of the religious arena. And we got caught. And the the two are very similar and almost related. And they're almost related. And actually, if you actually look at it, both of them were used to take Jesus to the cross. Wow. And I, I, was, I was on this for several weeks back in the beginning of the yeah. year, uh, trying to bring clarity. Because I think that that's what happened to us. We went too far to the political arena. Right. Too far. Way right, too far. Right, right. Now, now you can't get out of it. You know, if you went that, you can always get out of it. But it, it seems like people have. Gone if you built so- on that, though, you're stuck with it. You bought you well, you broke it. You bought it, right? That's it. You know, and 
And and I think that that's the biggest battle. What are, what are people going to do? First of all, take that arena. What are they going to do to unravel themselves from the, the undying political commitment that they made? I mean, you you know and I know. Big time. We saw some people in right. that arena last they were, fall. They were all in. Yep, all in. I mean, the, the, the media profits. Yep. Uh, you know, I mean, it was bad. At the end, by, by November 1st, it All was the failed so- prophecies, all the, oh my gosh. That's another whole... <laughs> <laughs> that's another whole complication of last year. Oh my God. That's right. I did an oh, article for Charisma. They said, please write an article on the prophetic so that people, yeah. people don't give up on a healthy prophetic ministry because of all the excesses, right? That's right. And so that's another that's another uh, area that is another box. I mean, you said a six is probably about 10 all Yeah, for sure. For because sure. we've we've fallen into all these all these traps, uh, and it's just unbelievable what's what's going on. But that that stuck with me. Uh, getting back to the basics of outreach, caring for the poor, come on, serving, come on, true ecclesia. That's it. The man. bottom line. That's it. Holy Spirit, the Word, Jesus in the center, as King. That's it. You know. Uh, and I, I, I stayed on that for a while. I will build my church. Gates of hell will not prevail against it. Because I, I started to see really clearly that too much division. I mean, it really, it really was bad near the end of the year between like November or October and January. It was, what side awful. are you? You awful. can't even talk. It, it gets so bad. You can't even have conversations with people that you used to be able to have conversations with. Yep. I mean, now it's bad again because now you deal with the COVID thing. You talk to one one person, uh, we don't need masks. Another person, we need masks. And you you used to be able to have all kinds of conversations, but there's these blockers yeah. all the time with, with people in ministry now. You know what I've been yeah. saying to people? I've been saying to audiences, I'm not going to fight with you. I'm not here to fight with you about vaccines and masks mm-hmm. and and politicians. I'm a builder. Yeah. I'm a uniter. This is, right. We got to find common ground right here if right. we're going to build the kingdom because all this focus on opinions and perspectives is div- is just flat dividing us. It's right. it's it's crazy out there. And I think it, leaders are feeling the pressure. You felt it, I felt it. Oh yeah. I've felt it from both sides because <laughs> what the Lord said to me before 2020 ever got here, he said just because I knew with the election and with everything that was coming in 2020, I knew it was going to be crazy, a campaign year and all that. I had no idea about any virus. I'm not claiming that. But I knew in 2019 that 2020 was going to be seven kinds of crazy. And I I told our team, I said, we're going to preach Jesus this whole year. That's all we're going to... Mm -hmm. Looking unto Jesus... Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that's going to keep us united. And you know, it worked. We we came through strong. Our churches united. But I felt pressure from the left the and side. pressure from the right yep. because people want you to out yourself. They want you to say, "You you need to take a stand for this, or you need to take a stand yep. for that." And if you do yep. take a slight stand, they say it wasn't strong enough. Or what are you? Are you trying to say this? Oh man, it's. As I said, hey, I'm preaching Jesus. I'm not a part of any fights right now. I'm preaching Jesus. It was was very intense. I remember being at a conference last October uh, in the area here in the East. And uh, 
I actually had had a dream back in August of last year. I think it was August. I can't really remember. I think it was August though. And in the dream, the Lord showed me he was going to win the election. And it was crystal clear, like I'm looking at you. I think you so told I popped me up. I think you I told popped me up. Yeah. yeah. I popped up and ran downstairs and, and told my daughter, I said, write this down. I said, write this down. I said, I think the Lord showed me who's going to win. And this was what the dream was. I don't know if she ever wrote it down, but I was excited. And I was only excited for the fact that, well, okay, now I know. Mm -hmm. But he said, I don't, you don't have to say anything, but I did know. And so I was at a conference and it was one of those conferences leaning hard towards the right. And it was leaning hard towards the right. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was leaning did hard you, to the did right. Did you feel alone? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I was sitting in the back row. Yeah. But the Lord gave me a word at the conference and the word was that the decision, when, when the votes were all counted, he said, he said, Pennsylvania, this is the word said, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania hmm. is the keystone state is going to be the key to ending this. And when the votes are all counted, they will have the final say. Wow. And, you know, these guys in there, they were roaring because it was in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Okay, but they were thinking it was probably gonna go yeah, 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 yeah. And they were, you know, roaring, praise God, you know. But I knew from the dream, right? That it wasn't what they were. You thinking. stated it neutrally, but you knew what you knew. Yeah, yeah. I knew what I knew, and they had people preachers that stopped preaching about Jesus. They started preaching politics. Hundred percent. A hundred. We didn't do that at Gateway. We didn't, no. and I'm so glad because you you can't build on any other foundation. Nope. And you know what? Yeah. The Great Commission's pretty clear. Mm -hmm. Paul didn't send people out to change politics. Jesus didn't send people out two by two to change politics. Nope. Paul didn't go to Rome to straighten out Nero's politics. He went to Rome to preach the gospel. He went in mm -hmm. chains and... We got to get back to the core mission, and I'm for justice, and I'm for feeding the poor, and I'm for uh, pro-life, and I'm for all, all housing people, and all. I'm I'm for all of that, but those are byproducts, and that's, that's not right. the main thing. We got to keep the main thing, the main thing, because if we don't Amen. keep Jesus crucified, right, and risen as our right. main message, we're building on a shaky foundation. That's right. <clears throat> and it won't stand. And I think that that's why when people would ask me, aren't you going to say something today, even now, about the vac vac vaccinations? Nope. You choose. You, you make your own choice. I'm not telling you what to do. You'll know what to do. Yeah. Because you, unfortunately, you got people dying that have had the vaccination. Right. And people that haven't had it. Yeah. And I'm not a so virologist. I'm not a... I'm not right. an epidemiologist. Who wants to hear what I have to say about it anyway? And we can't define <laughs> it. We can't describe it like they can anyway. So I let people make their decisions. I let them make their decisions about voting, all those different things. The only thing I would say, you know, you need to vote, period. Right. Who you choose, that's be on you. Be a voice. Yeah. Be the yeah. ecclesia. That, 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 that's on you. But the main thing that we tried to stay with, uh, our theme uh, our theme word last year was transformation. Mm. And uh, and I stayed right in that pocket uh, coming into 2020 with uh, I kind of 
you know, went went off of here and there a little bit, a little bit of prophetic transformation or mm -hmm. uh, being hungry for renewal, revival. But at the centerpiece was always the same thing, looking at the true ecclesia. What did the original disciples do? What was their lives about? What was their mission, their focus, their goal? How was God using them? What was the source of their power? Staying right down the line. Because that's what we have to do. We have to do and continue to do what they did. And that's that's pretty much the simplicity of the message. What do you think, you know, we've been through this very tumultuous uh, season as we've been discussing. You're a prophet. I mean, you're very sensitive to God. You've just shared some of the things that the Lord has shown you. What do you see God doing right now? I mean, that's a complicated question, but how is God moving from from your standpoint? Well, the first thing I always look at is where and with who. Number one, where. So if we're looking at in America, mm. that's different from looking at uh, Puerto Asia, Rico or, yeah, Europe, or Latin Asia. America, yeah. <laughs> or, or, the, or the African continent. Because if you go to some of those places, these people are on fire. Yeah. America, to me, is in trouble. Yeah. Uh, it's been polluted. Yeah. Uh, it's lost, uh, uh, it, the church has lost high moral ground. Mm -hmm. It's lost its respect. Mm. It's, it's not, it's almost being ignored. It's not a, a, a source of conviction like it once was. It's not uh, a source of comfort like it once was because mm. there's so many pseudo things you can throw in, in between these things now. You got, of course, all these different means and things. But if you're looking at America, the church primarily, I feel like he, he's going back to actually recapturing the, the, the heart mm. of the believer. Mm. And so what I've been, what, what touched my mind and my heart this year was restoring passion. I call it the passion for the Christ mm -hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. And I kept finding the same patterns over and over that every time someone has done anything significant in the body, they had a passion for it. Mm -hmm. God's fire, God's passion was burning in their hearts, going all the way back to uh, Abraham when God came into the midst and the, the, the pillar of fire and, and it divided the, the animals to make covenant or Moses on a, a burning bush or I mean, you could just keep going right across the thing and looking at this. It's not just physical fire, but it's something that all of them had in their hearts to please God, yeah. to abandon every other uh, source, to only lean on him and to, to be completely sold out to do his will, no matter what it would cost them. I think we're at a stage of absolute desperation mm -hmm. uh, to get there because we're so tainted it's almost like um when you think about when lot's wife got caught in sodom and gomorrah when uh the angel told them you know run get to the high place don't look back and of course she turned back became a pillar of salt that's because they were polluted the bible even says in hebrews that uh righteous lot was he was vexed but he, he was still righteous but he had been vexed and so many believers and and I believe there's a lot of pollution that has, has flooded uh, the Christian church in this country. 
due to all these different places, like you said, it's 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 too much. And it's going to take a clean, violent, uh, fearless, passionate, desperate break mm. from all these things to get people's minds back. You know, my wife always quotes the scripture, you know, the, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. It's going to come back, you know, the fear of the Lord, the, the actual uh, utter reverence for him. Like we used to have as kids, you know, when somebody would say, if, uh, uh, you know, that man's a church goer, I'm going to mess with that person if you saw him. You know, e even if, you know, you didn't know them, it was actually a reverence for yep. a, a priest. If you saw a nun get on a bus, you would, yep. you know, kind of be cool if you saw a nun or, or a priest because he had the collar on, right. get on the bus and show respect, give him a nod. It's things like that, but it's going to be a an overwhelming uh like I, I would call it a Jacob experience. Remember when Jacob, uh, he was there and he was running from Esau and he, uh, God appeared on the ladder yep. and he, and he said, this is a dreadful place. Yep. yep. You know, it's that type of thing. Like anytime he speaks, I'm so sensitive to him. It's scary mm. that he would even say anything to me as a human. Like, like, like when Moses was at the burning bush, you know, it, We've started to take everything for granted. You got people, hundreds of people taking the prophetic for granted. Oh my god. They goodness. get words. They get oh, yeah. words. They talk to the trash. Lord all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they get words and throw them into the trash can and they never read them again. When Ezekiel got the word of the Lord, he fell down like he was dead. That's right. That's right. That's right. And and what I actually see, my centerpiece word I would say would be. A, re a reviving of passion mm. for the things of God and for the God of all things. I love it. A centerpiece, you know. That's what I've been re really preaching here because I saw that through the Zooms, not, not that I'm saying this is wrong today. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good tool. But, yeah, it's a good tool. But it also is, has caused people to lay back. Yeah. So much they don't want to refellowship again. Right. And you need the in-person fellowship. Yes, you do. There is nothing like it. I remember when we first came back. And if the first service that people actually came back, it felt like, yeah, here's the church. This presence was back. And you don't get it all the time, just you know, uh, when we're watching Zooms or whatever, or YouTube, Facebook Live, or whatever. You don't get the same feeling. Well, it's interesting. In our culture, right? I just said this Sunday, we are actually have a bias against connecting right now. Mm -hmm. In the culture, it's like that's right. Connecting is weird. Connecting is yeah. unsafe. Connecting is yeah. crazy. It's radical. Yeah. It's let's stay home. Let's drive our car into the garage and hit the garage door closed. You know, let's 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 <laughs> cocoon. You know. And stay yep. away from people and stay away from God's house. Um, and that's what it's like. That's exactly what it's like. I mean, you could have everything. We had a, 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 a church here in our area, uh, mid-August. They had a uh, kind of, a, it was a renewal church, pretty much renewal. And it's run by younger guys. And they, they've done a great job in firing up a lot of young people in the region. It's kind of like, a, they call it a prayer and and prophetic uh, renewal type house. It's mm -hmm. not really a church. They just gather for meetings, but it's mm -hmm. very effective. 
And they probably had three or 400 people there every night for four nights. It was outstanding. It was literally outstanding just to see that many people come together to worship Jesus. Passionate for his presence and being That's together. It. Yeah. It was, and, and they, I mean, every meeting probably lasted till at least 10 o'clock. Man. Now they got started a little late, but every meeting was really worth it. And I kept seeing people come back the next night. I think it was five nights. But I realized, I said, man, this feels good. This feels like the old days. Like we're coming together for to, to honor him, to worship him. And that's what I, I really believe he wants back is some of that. But also personally, on a personal note, the passion in the heart of the believer for him. Yeah. Because the distractions that have come to just the believer individually of course, it's, it's like you said, the fascinations, it's the, it's the media, it's, it's the economy, people lost their jobs, people lost houses, you got floods, and all these distractions can take you away from that centerpiece. Do I want him? Do I want to fulfill his will? You know, and that's the key, because sometimes when you get into all these distractions, you forget that there's a will to be fulfilled. Right, that's right. Like, did he call you? Now, my question always is, in my mind, Okay, we used to say all the time, whom he calls, he equips, and whom he equips, he leads, and we have mm -hmm. these little phrases. So if he called us, even in the midst of a pandemic, the call doesn't go away. He called us. And so we have to stay focused on that. So people would ask me, they said, well, you, you know, you're still preaching and you're going places and doing this and that. I say, yeah, you know, because... He called me to do that. Now, I'm not trying to be some fool and, you know, run into a, a storm or anything, but he did, call us. He, he did call us. And so when this is over, I won't be playing catch up. I won't be going backwards and say, oh, yeah, let me go back and pick this back up again. And a lot of people will be playing catch up during this time of transition because some of them just left it. Because the pressures are like Jesus said, the cares of this world can chokes, choke out the it word. It chokes out the word. Absolutely. It chokes it out. It chokes it out. And you start to just be a natural, moral, nice person. But that next level where you become effective, a game changer, uh, an atmosphere shifter or shaker, that's not there. The fire for that's not there. Mm -hmm. so let me survive. That's what's, what's around right now. Because other because it. other passions have taken up all your bandwidth. That's you right. are passionate for your political party, you're passionate mm -hmm. for your medical viewpoint, or passionate for your social viewpoint. We mistook that as passion right. for God. But really, if you if we were if we were honest, um, yeah. if we were honest, we would know with ourselves whether we are really in prayer really in the word, really loving Jesus and the assignment like you're talking about and the core purpose and all that. Are we really into that or are we onto something else? Are we hunting for something else? And mm -hmm. too many of us are, we've lost our passion. Yeah. So I'm yeah. asking you what, where God is moving and you're saying he's reigniting passion. For him. For him. Do you think also, Eric, because I, I have a friend who said this to me, he said, I think the Lord is, is dividing. It was at, he said, I think the Lord is dividing away, taking away part of the church, part of people that are not passionate. 
and mm-hmm. it's like a pruning time. Well, it could there's, be. <laughs> there's a purifying, but I think maybe the call is it's not too late for us now to to double down and say, Lord, let me come back to my first my first love. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that phrase because a lot of people lately, uh, I know my wife's been reading it, the guy, uh, you know, Aaron, uh, we were talking about, he quoted from it. And a lot of people have been quoting the seven churches lately. Mm. Over and over, I keep hearing that. Mm. And it's that one. It's mm. you've done a good job, but you've left your first Nice name. work, but you lost your passion. Wow. You lost your passion, you know. You don't, you don't. And he said, don't. come back to your original, to your first works too. That's right. Get and your priorities your right. Get your job straightened out. You know, that's right. And, your calling. And, 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 you know, what is that? It's winning souls. Yes. It's sir. telling people about Jesus. Yeah. In the most basic form, it doesn't have to be evangelistic. It doesn't have to be a big concert or this or that. In the most basic form, tell somebody about the Lord, talk to them. See if you can bring them to to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's it. That's all he's really asking us to do. And I think that if we do that, and when we do that, that passion gets lit. I think that, I'll put this this phrase out there. I think that in in functioning in purpose, it ignites the passion. Wow. I mean, you almost have to ask yourself, let me just give you an example, biblically. We know that the disciples in the book of Acts, Acts 2, the Holy Spirit falls, Pentecost, and Acts 2, they had that fire given to them. But that the, the, the purpose, they had the knowledge, they had the prophetic that was prophesied, Joel 2, we know that. But when we get to Acts 3, it was demonstration time when he sees the man at the gate beautiful. Mm-hmm. And he comes to realization, okay, I'm fully, I'm fully equipped, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. And it ignites from, if you, all the way from Acts 3, all the way across, these guys were moving after that. There's something happened in Acts 3 when mm-hmm. that crippled man got mm-hmm. healed. Right. And see, we're talking about what, is, what does he want to do? I've been saying this, man, you're getting me fired up today. <laughs> but I mean, you know, when's the last time people are talking about people getting real bona fide miracles right. in the church in America? Right, right, right. Book of Acts miracles. Right. I mean, it's not even expected anymore. Right. Go to CVS, go to Walgreens. Right, right. You know? <laughs> yeah, just get some medication for that depression, <laughs> get some medication for your anxiety. That's Nothing it. against that. I'm just saying. We're not we're not drilling down into the things of God for our solutions and sources. We're, we don't even think about we don't even think about praying something through. Nope. Fasting. And, and I think the difference is when when Peter said that phrase, everything came back to him, such as I have. So so take that phrase and it just multiplies at that point. And he probably sees such as I have. He sees the fire on each person's head. He sees the upper room. He goes back and then he hears Jesus' voice. I give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth bound in. He goes mm-hmm. all the way back to the voice of the father that reveals that Jesus is, is the uh, Messiah. 
or and but at that moment he had it yeah and so this this thing lit at that point next chapter he's he's being persecuted but he has no fear because the passion for the christ outweighed the pressure or the persecution that was coming i love this the the other thing eric that you touched on that i i mean we're kind of talking about the book of Acts here, which is a really great... We've been preaching and teaching in the book of Acts, our church, coming mm -hmm. up on this conference. By the way, you're going to be with us for the conference, October 15th uh, and 16th, and then Sunday you're going to be sharing. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited about this, this stream of revelation that you're in right here mm -hmm. about passion for Jesus. It's, it's so great. But you brought up another word, which is the fear of the Lord, and that's a theme mm -hmm. in Acts. You can trace mm -hmm. that all the way through the early church, the stuff that took place, and it said, and no one dared join the uh, the apostles because they had that reverence. You were talking about nuns on a bus. I mean, talk about, talk about the fear of God. But, you know, when you got Ananias and Sapphira dropping dead one after the other... That's right. Because they're lying to the Holy Ghost mm -hmm. and people trying to buy the gift of the Holy yep. Spirit and all that... And God right. starts moving in some of the ways. I think maybe we're seeing in the earth right now some judgments and some things mm -hmm. that we, we should be evaluating and saying, you know, this shouldn't be happening if we have a better attitude toward God, if we well, have a greater know, love for the church, a greater love for his word. That, that's what I was thinking the other day. I said to myself, um, because we live in this particular area, and I, I told you in the beginning, we just came back from Hawaii, and it's like super peaceful. And I said, wow, you know, that should be the last stop before you go to heaven, you know. <laughs> they yeah. should just take you there and say, okay, we can get you in a week. You know? <laughs> yeah, like a waiting room. Yeah. Yeah, waiting room, right? <laughs> but uh, and then you come back here and it's gray and it's no stars and it's trouble, you yeah. know. Yeah. And, and I, I was thinking, I said, we've got to be under some kind of judgment here. I mean, we've had these are These are dark days, bro. These are really? let's I mean let's just call it what it is. This is a time of darkness. Yeah, it in is. our nation and it in is. the earth. And and you start thinking, but nobody wants to preach it because the culture cannot handle messages like that right mm -hmm. now. The, mm -hmm. the Christian culture, it, I'll put it this way: the church culture that exists today cannot handle a true kingdom culture message. Wow! Wow! Because in the kingdom culture message, you'll hear that God will judge things. Yes, he will. But, but this, this culture that exists right now in its church, you can't say anything bad. Or, you know, it's too hard. Yeah. Or it's judgmental or anything like that. If you even get loud, it's too loud. If you mm -hmm. scream, right. you know. It'll hurt it, somebody's feelings. It'll hurt somebody's feelings. And, and yet you, you look around and you say, well, wait a minute. The economy is off. I mean, it's right in front of us. A blind man could see this. It couldn't be clearer. The, the, the health care system is off. People are sick. Oh, it's a plague almost that they can't figure this out. And our genius uh, scientists and medical people, and we're still getting breakthrough cases, and we still can't control this. Looks to me like science isn't getting the job done right now. Right. It's a, it's a big battle for them. And... And then you start looking, you see, look at the school system. You look at everything, every little thing. And it's under this 
weird state that mm -hmm. wasn't like this before. I just think that we've probably been building up uh, <clears throat> a lot of a case against ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, you read the book of Revelations and the two bowls yep. Yep. Are filled up. Mm -hmm. And the bowl of judgment and indignation is poured back. I think we might be in that in that phase because it doesn't seem to let up. You know, you you feel like you get a break here, like we thought we had a break with a little break with COVID, and then you had the thing with Afghanistan, mm -hmm. and then it's always another. Then it's Louisiana, and it's just it's just it's always stop. And it's you go back to Matthew twenty four, but he said that this would happen. Mm -hmm exactly what's happening he said would would happen he said but these are only birth pangs. birth pangs you know he said this is just contractions mm -hmm. i'm like well what's the heavy stuff right man? right i mean this is killing us yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. It, maybe that's why it says in revelations that they would come where we would look at the rocks and say fall on us and hide us from the one that sits on the throne I heard day. a guy say, I heard a guy say, we thought 2020 and 2021, we thought we were running a marathon. And just as we could see the finish line crossing, thinking about relaxing and taking our shoes off and catching our breath, somebody handed us a pair of bike shorts and a swimsuit and said, <laughs> it's not a marathon, sucker. <laughs> it's a it's an iron man it's a tri it's a triathlon and you yeah. you've just started man you got to swim how many miles and you got to bike how many yeah. miles so we're in it man yeah that's what it's like <clears throat> that's what it's like it's like one thing after another and yet one of the things that i gained comfort in and encouragement in i read an article i don't know a couple months back about the church that was in the early the early church uh, in in the early days of Rome, <clears throat> and when Rome had had <clears throat> a pandemic of some type, I can't remember right now uh, the individuals, but uh, what the church did during that time, and they, and and I, I always wondered. I said, well, what did the church do during that time? Well, first of all, they didn't lean on one location, one center facility to go to. The church was functioning as true ecclesia because it was small groups, house churches, and all that all over the place. And they said what the people that were believers did, <clears throat> they actually served the Romans. They served them during the pandemic. And some of them died, but many of them didn't die, and God protected his people. Mm -hmm. And it turned the hearts of the Roman people to believe in Jesus, and they actually served them during the time of the pandemic and i said that's powerful so that did something for me as far as you know getting our people back out in the streets uh picking up that servant's mantle wow again you know we got involved in a couple of uh, food distribution places this year and uh you know we do it once a month you know in in different areas at one at a church that serves a, a, a big urban area and uh, another another one in a big urban area, but it did something for us. You know, you can't just you, you got two choices. You could it, it's it's a uh, king seven. Why sit we here and just die? Right. You know, you, let's do you, something. You, you got to do something. You got to keep going. And so I, that's what I you know I felt like the Lord would have us to do. One of the things 
is get back into that mindset, get out there because everybody's under this pandemic umbrella, so to speak. But there's all these hungry people. I'm talking about blocks long, blocks, lines that are blocks long of people wanting food and different things. And it did a lot for us and we were still doing it. But when I read that article, I don't know, a couple of months back about what the early church did during that first uh, plague that hit Rome, they served the people of Rome. And they were, and when the Romans saw that they were willing to die serving them, it turned their hearts. It turned their hearts. That's powerful. You know, you're checking a bunch of boxes. You don't even realize it. You're checking a bunch of boxes right now on my prayer list and my prophetic <laughs> radar because I'm speaking at the conference that you're going to speak at. And my one of my sessions is the motive for a movement, which is serving. Mm-hmm. And when they come back to the place where, like Jesus said, where we're willing to wash each other's feet, and it's not wrong to want to be great, but you got to know the path to greatness mm-hmm. is serving. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that's a really, I think these are really practical things. We got to regain our passion. We got to come back to serving. We got to get Christ as the center right now. We got to do this, man. We got to get back on mission and get off the side missions and the side streets. And we got to come back to passion for his word, passion for his spirit, and for the things that really matter. Otherwise, our light is going to go out. That's what, yeah. that's what he said. I'll take your candlestick, man. I'll, take, sure your, I'll take your influence. Yep. You lose and, your influence. And, and you can see that in some segments. You can see it in America. Yeah, you can see it. And that's a scary scripture. I looked at that two days ago. He said, if you don't, he said, I'll come and take your, your candlestick. I'll, I'll put the light out. We forget that he is it's his church. Right. It's not ours. Right. It's his. Right. And he can do whatever he wants to do with it. That's kind of a, a dangerous place to be when you you've gone that far where he has to do that, where he actually says, No, it's not gonna work. Because he's the last guy that's gonna give up on you. <laughs> and I think America's in that in that place where he's looking real hard right now. But I think he's gonna. You know, we say judgment begins at the house of God. I believe also the first stirrings have to begin at the house of God. Come on, come on. God has to revive his church. Yes. He's got to revive his yes. people. Yes, Because he's merciful. And he looks at, you know, even the church, like nobody expected this. Nobody expected uh, all this crazy stuff that we have to deal with. And people get disheartened because they're human. You know, they don't, they've never seen anything like this. We read about the bubonic plague or some of the plagues, the Spanish flu or whatever it was years ago, but you've never seen anything like this. So you don't know how to handle it and how you adjust to it. I think it's all about adjusting atmospheres. I've been thinking a lot about atmospheres, adjusting atmospheres. And what, what, what do you, how do you change an atmosphere uh, in the midst of, of this atmosphere that we're in. Well, we have to understand that no matter what happens, the kingdom atmosphere is superior than any other thing that's going. Right, right. You know, uh, scripture would, would say something like, where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. You know, uh, 
and adjusting these atmospheres that we're in, taking the negatives and turning them into positives. So like when you're out there giving out bags of food, you know, you stop thinking about the pandemic. You see the people that are standing in line for a half hour waiting for, you know, some potatoes from this person and a chicken from this person and they're going home happy. That changes everything, everything. So it's a, a lot about changing atmospheres too. Well, Eric, I, I'm so excited for your visit. Uh, as this podcast goes live, we'll just be days away from the Inspire Leaders Conference at Gateway City Church, the San Jose campus. Our website is mygatewaycity.church. Register for the conference. Come and join Eric Butler, who's going to be ministering uh, Friday night and on Saturday as well, and then Sunday at the end of the conference. We, we are excited to receive you and receive the word that you're going to bring, Eric, and uh, grateful for your friendship and for your leadership uh, in our lives. You're a, you're a great blessing. If people wanted to get a hold of your church or find out where you're ministering or be a part of what you're doing, how would they contact you? Uh, simply contact Christian International Church. Uh, in Lincoln Park, New Jersey, Christian at internationalchurch.org, or you can see us uh, on Sundays uh, on YouTube. We're there, or or on Facebook Live. Either either one of those, you can be, we can be connected with you through that. It's a great church. Lots of great churches on the East Coast, but here's a church that's uh, full of integrity and the prophetic, a beautiful balance of the Spirit and the Word releasing revival on the East Coast. Thank you, Eric. It's a great conversation, and we'll see you at the conference. Thank you for listening to the Gateway Leadership Podcast with David Kinnestracy, inspiring you to lead in every area of life. We'll be releasing a new episode every month, so be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Gateway City Church is one church that meets in multiple cities. To find us or to learn more, visit mygatewaycity.church. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next month.